At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As the machine grows smaller and smaller in the distance, I watch it cradle the sleeping girl in its arms, its lamp-like eyes finally leaving mine, and it slinks away with its prize into the shadows of the wastes. I slowly turn to look back down the aisle of the bus, stunned and defeated. With the final grunt, Leah brandishes the broken and severed arms of one of the creatures and smacks another through the shattered remains of the window. The thing makes no effort to cling to the vehicle's side, and one by one, the other machines, the ones still attached to the ceiling and sides of the bus, all withdraw voluntarily. As they drop, their shadows pass fleetingly over the bus's interior. And with subtle crunches, they land amidst the dust of the road and silently watch us drive away. As soon as I'm sure that the assailants have ended their efforts, I allow myself to collapse with exhaustion into the nearest seat, and Leah does much the same. I breathe deeply. They took her, I murmured after a beat. Yeah, Leah replies sadly. The engine rumbles. I'm sorry, she says eventually. Hey! It's okay. It wasn't your fault. I'm sorry, too. I say back. No, I mean, for everything. I'm sorry if you felt like I was keeping stuff from you. I didn't really think any of this could be real. Until we passed through the tunnel and saw this. This wasteland. She trails off, and I look over to her. So what do you know, Leah? Please, just tell me. What made you think all this stuff was going to happen? She sighs, gently. I don't know anything about where we are, but this bus, a friend found a whole forum on it. We spent like an entire afternoon just reading through the posts, and I asked her to sign me up. There was a glitchy forum in one of the links there, as a joke, you know, to see what would happen. This was like three days ago. 
and what did it say? I asked. Leah shrugs and looks at her forearm. It's grazed, but she's not bleeding. This thought makes me look down at my leg. There's a cut there, and I wince as I apply some pressure to stop the flow. It's said that the bus was supposed to be a way to travel between... I wait for her to say more, but she doesn't. A way between what? She shrugs again. It didn't really explain. All the posts used weird acronyms and phrases, and it was tough to work out what they were talking about. But I remember them saying that it used to be better. That it wasn't safe to ride anymore. That the owners, or whatever, the people who built it or run it, I don't know. The operators, they called them. They said that the operators had abandoned the project. I don't know why. Ugh, I replied downheartedly. This is insane. All of this. Shadows shimmer across Leah's face. And the deep orange glow of the sky reflects bright in her hair. She looks ashamed and embarrassed. I'm sorry, she says again quietly. It's okay, I reply. I already started to feel guilty. You have nothing to apologize for, really. You read through some forum. That's not a crime. And you don't even know me, anyway. I'm nobody to you. You're not a nobody to me, she says. She smiles at me, and I smile back. My hair drifts lightly in the breeze through the newly created holes in the windows, and something shiny draws my eye through ones at the bus's front. Our immediate surroundings, it would seem, are starting to change. The ancient road stretches ever onwards, but all around us, the derelict remains of the unfamiliar buildings are becoming scarcer and scarcer. The shine through the glass becomes brighter, and I have to shield my eyes, and with little warning, it becomes suddenly clear what it is. The scorched gray plains are being gradually lost beneath great puddles of subtly rippling water. I call it water, but to be honest, I'm not sure what it is. It could well be oil, actually. The way it's reflecting the orange of the sky, it seems to mix and merge with curious shades of pink and gold amidst the black. None of the puddles touch the road. They only cover the face of the plains, far out in both directions. And as we watch, these bodies of liquid grow larger and larger. Deeper, too, judging by the liquid's darkness. But it is possible to tell how far down they might actually go. Lake-like pools in the gray dust stretch on and out, widening further and spilling into each other as the bus travels down the road. And then the plains are lost altogether. There is only the curious water, flat and shimmering as far as the eye can see. Vast oceans of water, and the road. I don't suppose the forums mention anything about this, did they? I ask Leah, but she gives me the response I'm expecting. No, she says nervously as she glances from window to window. No, they didn't. We are quiet for a while as the bus follows the path of the road. I can't believe they got the girl, I say eventually, thinking about the sleeping young woman taken right from her seat. I know, but we tried. Leah replies. Her eyes meet mine, and I can tell we're thinking the same thing. Did we, though? Did we really? Do you think she's going to be okay? I ask, and Leah drops my gaze. Yeah, I'm sure, she replies, and the uncertainty in her tone is clear. We both jump as a familiar noise cuts through the quiet rumble of the engine. It's that same sharp buzz from the ceiling at the very front of the bus, right above the windscreen window. The orange light there flickers back into life, and that same near-indecipherable voice comes muttering through the speakers. Crackled and distorted, the first half of the speech sounds the same. I recognize the cadence, and I think I hear the word test. 
but I believe the rest of the speech to be different. I think I can pick out another word or two. Mirror? I think aloud, and Leah nods. She heard it too. I turned to stare out the left-hand window in thought. I follow the line of broken glass down the edge of the frame until I'm looking into that thick and oil-like water, quietly rippling in the glow. The road appears to be built into a narrow bridge, one at the water level. The black liquid laps quietly at its edge, but it's not entirely black. It can't be, because a shape that is darker still lurks in its steps, an enormous shadow that slithers through the water and beneath the road. I jump to stand at once, but my voice is caught in my throat. Yes? Leah asks, startled. What is it? I find my words quick. Look out the window, on your side. She does so. As I move beside her, and we watch the enormous shadow in the deep slither out on the opposite side, a hidden monstrosity. Then it turns and makes to follow the bus, keeping a rough pace with the battered vehicle alongside the road. Oh my god, I say aloud. Leah, if there's anything else you know about this place that you might think worth mentioning... I don't, I swear. You know about as much as I do. And we both watch in terror as the shadow grows larger, rising up to the surface, closer and closer. And with it comes the water itself. With the sound like rain, thick and brutal, the water starts to rise up and away from the surface in a great and enormous wave, a rippling, oily wall. And the shadow is subsumed within it. What the hell? Leah begins, but she gets no further. The oil-like substance of the watery wall thunders louder, and as it forms starts to steady, it reflects back at us a perfect mirror copy of the bus. I can see myself through the cracked windows. I can see Leah and the driver, all shadowy and strange in their reflection. I raise a hand, and my mirror image does likewise. I lower it, but my reflection does not. My pulse starts to race. I lift my hand again and again, and my reflection remains static. My mind struggles to process this disconnect. Then I slam a hand over my mouth in horror as the reflection of Leah starts to change. The wall ever rises and cascades and crashes through the dark sea and alongside the road, keeping pace. The mirrored Leah starts to warp and change. She falls to pieces before my eyes and another steps from her skin. It's Courtney, the girl who loves to torment me, my bully from back home. The one I'm convinced signed me up for this hell in the first place. I watch as he strolls the length of the shadowy bus towards my reflection, both of them still grinning, though I can no longer see my eyes. I can't see Courtney's either. They've sunken back as dark pits into their heads. I tear my gaze away to look at Leah, the real Leah, the one standing beside me. She's staring at the scene in the bus too, though her eyes are quickly darting from left to right as if she's watching some kind of back and forth. Is she seeing the same thing I'm seeing? I look back to the wave. Except, it's not a wave anymore. It's real. A second road has appeared alongside the first. The bus is not just a picture of an oily, watery canvas. It's a solid vehicle that I could reach out the window and touch if I were so inclined. Courtney has reached my reflection. And still, with those terrible grins fixed in place, Courtney begins to slowly strangle me. They reflected me, I mean. I watch in dismay as my reflection starts to twitch. Her throat contracts. She loses her footing and drops to the ground, but Courtney keeps my head held up. Her head held up, squeezing tighter and tighter and tighter. And I choke. Me, the real me, the real Yaz, starts to choke. 
I reach up to my throat. I can feel it. I can feel her elbow and far forearm around my neck. I can feel it. I can't fucking... I can't get in any air. I try to push her away. But there's nothing here. I look to Leah. But she's nowhere near me. She's not even looking at me. She's still staring out through the window, eyes wide. Leah! I try to choke out, but I can't. I just can't. I need air. I need air now. In the other bus, my mirrored copy is turning from red to blue, still grinning that disturbing smile as she is steadily choked to death. She's barely even fighting back. Why? I mentally screamed to her. Why won't you fight back? Black dots begin to flash at the edges of my vision. I start to feel dizzy, except that's a poor word for it, really. My brain is struggling to get oxygen it so desperately needs. I stagger down to the length of the bus. With one hand still on my neck, I reach out and fumble for the release for the door, and with a hiss, it clinks right open. The breeze that was gusting in through the cracks in the windows becomes a roaring rush of wind, and my hair is immediately blown about my face. The mirrored bus is not far away. With a leap, I could make it. I could jump right over to the vehicle and stop the madness taking place on board. I can barely think, and desperate times call for desperate measures. I only get one shot, coughing and sputtering as I take a step back, and then power forwards, ready to jump across the neighboring vehicle. Just as my foot leaves the bus, however, I feel a hand on the back of my collar and around my waist, and with the crash I am drawn painfully back inside, landing on the ground with a loud bang. I grab a nearby seat to haul myself up and swivel in anger. Leah! I shout about the twin roars of the wind and the oily rain. I need to get to the other bus. No, Leah replies, gripping my shoulders. No, you don't. But I'm... I'm... I fumble my words. I was going to say I'm choking, but... I'm clearly not, am I? If I can still talk. I reached a hand to my throat, but the tightness is gone. In hell, was it ever really there? Why did you pull me back in? I ask the girl, and without speaking a word, she raises a hand and solemnly points over my shoulder. A shiver of cold fear passes through me, and I turn to look behind. There is no bus. There is no second road. It never became real. The great and monstrous wall of oily water rages on, but there is no reflection now. Now, I can see the contents of the wave for what they really are. It's the size of the bus, to be fair, if not a little longer, but the similarities end there. I find myself staring into the great and watching eye of a soulless metal leviathan, a monster from the depths, all rolling gears and spines and barbs, a blight on a landscape even as barren as joyless as this. It sends a stab of terror right into my beating heart. The thing is a living engine, twisted brutally into the rough shape of some long-forgotten and prehistoric terror. The clanks of the chains of its mouth reverberate through the water as its jaw distends in the manner of some dark anglerfish. It sends a hiss like scraping metal on metal, through the water in the air, and for a long and terrible second, I think the creature means to strike out from the wave and try to force its teeth through the open door of the bus, but it does not. Its cracked and glassy eye flashes a quick, bright white, then the mechanical plates of its body ripple out and drop through the waves, back into the water below, as no more than a creeping shadow, and the great wall drops with it. 
With a loud rush, it smacks the surface and it's promptly left behind. Left behind with its oily froth and ripples as the bus speeds on. Onwards, down the long and empty road. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.